Hello and welcome to This Way Up. In this series, I talk to a number of leading women in the creative industry, talking specifically about the good, the bad and the ugly of their career. And in this episode, I interview the artist Jade Purple Brown. If you don't know Jade, you may have come across her work if you use Adobe Illustrator, as her work is a splash card that comes up when the application is loading. That's how talented she is, and so I was excited to capture her story. And what a story it is. I actually referenced during our conversation that her life is akin to a movie, from being fired from her first job as an art director, to rising up and working hard to find her voice as an artist. And of course, all the challenges that comes with this difficult path. Her ethos is to bring messages of optimism to create new dynamic worlds of individuality and empowerment. And it shows it's hard to quickly pass her work without being mesmerized by her bold lines and punchy colors. Along with pushing herself to create two pieces of personal work every week, she also creates work for some pretty big brands, including Nike, Refinery29, Sephora, and Apple. Jade also imparts some really important practical advice, whether that's how much you should charge for your work, how to build a strong portfolio, or a huge following on social. Our one hour long conversation absolutely flew by and for good reason as Jade is fascinating and being in her 20s, I suspect this won't be the last we hear of her. So without further ado, this is This Way Up and this is Jade Purple Brown. So Jade, welcome to the show. No, thank you. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you today. I was actually shocked that you wanted to talk to me. So yeah, I'm excited. No, you shouldn't be shocked. You are so talented and so successful. So I'm really, really pleased to to have you on the podcast. And um, as usual, I always like to start the podcast to give a picture to everyone about your bringing and your background. So I'd love to ask you, where did you grow up? I actually grew up in a suburb outside of Chicago called Waukegan, Waukegan, Illinois. Um, it's a smaller town. Um, and I grew up there and I also went to the city often. So I kind of had the best of both worlds. So I had like that kind of lawn, a full house type of upbringing, but I would always go to the city and like people watch and um, eventually, I ended up going to school at the Illinois Institute of Art um, in Chicago. So that's where I've spent the majority of my time. So, Did you always know deep down that you love art? Um, yes, but when I started out, I actually thought that I really loved fashion. So, okay. yeah, like growing up, I would always look through magazines, cut through everything, and I slowly started to think within high school, I was like, oh, I want to be a fashion stylist. And then I was right. like, okay, I have to go to college for this. Uh, well, I guess I really didn't have to go to college, but my parents were like, yeah, you have to go to college. So um, I was kind of thinking about, okay, how can I pursue fashion styling while getting a degree? And I thought, okay, let's do fashion marketing because it's always good to just kind of have a business background. Um, yeah. But Within the program, they taught us a lot about Photoshop and Illustrator, and this was all with intent of like making marketing assets like brochures and um, right. business cards, you know, boring little yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. things yeah, like yeah. that. But when I started to get into those programs and like try to, you know, draw and put things together, I was like, wait, like I really enjoy doing this. This is so much fun. And it all kind of made sense because when I was little, I used to draw all the time and right. I used to draw these women in really fashionable clothing. And that's where I kind of was like, oh, I like styling. I like fashion. I like design. But I never really understood that. Oh, wait, I actually like the entire process of creating the art and drawing mm. and putting different colors together um, in a visual sense. Yeah. So it kind of clicked later in life, but I'm glad it finally did. Yeah, you kind of put two and two together. And how 
I, I don't know what it's like in the States, but I definitely know where, where I grew up actually in France, but I know it's the same in England, where sometimes you say to your parents, oh, I'd like to go into art, and they sort of react like, oh my God, please don't. You know, it's really like kind of difficult uh, to get a job in, in that kind of area. Did you have any of that or were your um, parents very supportive? My parents were very um, encouraging. They all always kind of knew I loved being an artist. I loved creating. I was always just making different things. That's great. So you always had their backing and they just sort of thought you need to just go for it. Yeah, but I also think like I'm sure in the back of my parents' heads, they were like, oh, how is she going to make money mm. off of this once she graduates? You know, every parent is, you know, concerned yeah. for their kid and they want to see them do be the best that they can. But I don't know. I think they are surprised by my success and what I've been able to build for myself because growing up, you just did. I personally didn't have that many examples of artists thriving and making a living um, and mm. making a business off of their um, art. So that's right. Yeah. So how did you gain that confidence then? You just thought, Do you know what, my passion is what's going to drive me? I think. I built that confidence by just a just practicing all the time and just kind of mm -hmm. realizing this is my gift. I can't waste this. And Amazing. not I didn't truly understand where it could take me, but something within inside of me knew that I had to be doing this. It brought me joy. It made me feel good. Mm. Um so I just had to bet on myself. That's amazing. And even at that young age, you were like, yeah, I'm going to do this. For sure. Like I just had the feeling and I knew I had to pursue it and that somehow, some way I would make it happen. That's amazing. And how was your trajectory after university? Was it difficult to find a job? Yeah. So after university, it was very hard because I had a marketing degree all of the work that I had done was based off of marketing and management. Of course. So it was very difficult because I realized, oh, I love graphic design. And I love illustration on my very last year. So when I graduated, I remember like I moved back home and my dad was like, look, you're not going to sit here every day and doing nothing like you need to find a job. Um, mm. So that was very scary, but it was extremely motivating because I just kind of had to figure out how am I going to go into this new industry I really don't know much about. Mm -hmm. um, but the way I did it was I looked through all of the people's portfolios that I was truly inspired by. Interesting. And I kind of... Um, reverse engineered it so if they had projects that were like lots of different packaging and branding and identity I was like okay I know that I need identity projects I have no clients right now because I'm just starting out mm. um, so I just made them up I just did all of these self-initiated projects for fake companies fake brands and just kind of put it together just so I could show when I do apply for certain jobs that I do have an eye. I am good at this. I might not have any real official clients, but um, you could see yeah. examples within my portfolio that, hey, she understands you know, how to do this. She understands how to use the programs and she just has a good eye for design overall. That is so clever and such a good tip for anyone listening. Um, and, and, and did you, when you were doing these kind of examples with different brands, what was your internal voice inside? Because I remember, you know, graduating from uni and, and just having that kind of lack of confidence and just going, well, I think it's good, but I'm not sure if someone else is going to find it good. Was it like that or was it completely different? I mean, some, I do, when I think back during those times, I was very insecure and I wasn't completely sure if I was doing it right. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it was so do or die because I needed a job. I needed yeah. money. And I knew I wanted to do something that would at least lead me on the path of what I'm currently doing now. It didn't have to be exactly, but like something within the creative graphic design mm -hmm. world, I just knew I had to get my foot in somehow. So I felt like That's I brilliant. did judge myself at times and was very, you know, critical. But at the same time, 
I was just like, you know what, just do your best and just try to get Mm. in how you can fit in so you can, you know, grow as you go. That's amazing. Where's, where did that kind of go getter attitude come from? Do you think? I honestly do not know. Um, Maybe I would say it was like my dad. He's a very motivated person. He's always right. kind of like pushed me through things. And also just like deep inside, just like always wanting more, always wanting to learn, always wanting to get better. Um, mm. That's just like something that's ingrained in me. Um, that's so, brilliant. yeah. So you had your portfolio together. And what happened next? You applied for loads of jobs. Yeah, so I would wake up every day, I would go on LinkedIn, I would go on all of the job searching websites, and I would just search and I applied for everything and anything. I just needed to get my foot through the door. um, Because, you know, I had nothing on my resume. Um, Just Mm. like a few projects that I worked on for some friends or you know what I mean, just some family, but I didn't have really anything crazy on my portfolio or even on my resume. So I applied every single day. Um, and finally I got a job. Um, and the job was crazy. The, my very first job was an art director, which I had like, I I did not deserve that job at all, (laughs) but it happened. I, I got the job somehow and I was like, okay, you might, you know, do horribly, but you need to just be happy you have this job and you're just going to learn every single thing you can. Like, don't be That's afraid amazing. of messing up. You're here. You have, you're able to put this on your resume. Mm. Um, so just do what you can and just do your best every day. What were you, which agent, was it an advertising agency uh, that you were not director for? No, it was actually a liquor company um, called okay. Jim Beam. A whiskey oh, yeah. company. Yeah. Of course. So yeah, very, very famous. Very opposite from my aesthetic. So that was already one challenge. <laughs> yeah. <I can> see <laughs> oh my God. For you. <laughs> yeah. It's like walking into the office. There's just like all these guys. It was mostly guys, a few girls. Oh. It was like a very, just a very odd situation. That's incredible. How did you get the job in the first place in that sense? Because I can imagine if your aesthetic was kind of different. I I honestly do not know to this day because honestly, <laughs> when I think about and I like think about what my old portfolio looked like, I'm like, this doesn't go hand in hand at all. But with whiskey honest, brand. Yeah, <laughs> at all. But I honestly think that whoever was hiring at the time, they were desperate, they needed some somebody, and they honestly just didn't know any better to not hire me. And right. I'm so thankful for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell me all about that experience. Um, so it was honestly extremely difficult because like I was telling you, I honestly did not know what I was doing. So I was learning as I went along. Um, this art direction role um, was specifically for their social media. So that was one good thing because I knew how to work social media. I was young. Well, I guess I still am young. <laughs> but Yeah, you are. I <laughs> <laughs> confirm that. <laughs> but I had a firm grasp on, you know, how social media worked and they just needed an art director um, to help create content for the brand. But where I had trouble was like connecting to their audience. It's like mm. very male, very, yeah. I love sports. I love drinking whiskey. Like it just wasn't me at all. Um, <laughs> but I really, truly learned a lot, even if it was just like how to organize my all of my files, how to speak professionally in an email, how to properly convey how I wanted a shot to look to a photographer um, yeah. how to put together mood boards. Like I learned all of those things within that job. And, you know, it was a lot of times it was a, a very awkward, um, just environment for me to be around, especially as a black woman, everybody around me was mostly white, mostly male. Right. So that was an obstacle within itself. Yeah. But, Tell me more about that. What, how did it make you feel? Um, it was honestly very difficult not having anybody in the office that looked like me, anybody that Mm. could talk, um, that 
um, looked like me, I could talk comfortably to. Yeah. And also just on top of that, being young, you yeah. know, that's a whole nother thing. Like people, the respect level just isn't there a lot of the time. Of course. So that yeah. was something I had to work through on a daily basis. Yeah, I can imagine how tough it is. And also in terms of reporting to your boss, you know, that kind of feeling like you're, you know, as you said, sort of young, you know, you didn't see anyone that looked like you. And then I can imagine in terms of creatively, I mean, you literally had, it sounded extremely tough because creatively, you'd, you know, having to report into someone, it must have been quite difficult to get that feedback. Yeah, it was, it was really hard. And I feel like a lot of the times, like I was messing up constantly. I wasn't getting it, things right all the time. And sometimes I, it'd be completely perfect. Um, so I don't know. I think it really helped me just get stronger, um, mm -hmm. being open to getting feedback, which is something yeah. I wasn't really used to. But by the end of it, when people told me they didn't like something or I messed up, I just didn't take it personal. And I just yeah. knew that I had to get better. Yeah. I think that's key. And I think it's, it's you know, as soon as you said that, I remember going through that same thing. And you, if you do take it personally, you can have a really horrible time at work. But if you kind of can let go of that, you kind of, you can grow from it for sure. Yeah. Like I always kept in the back of my mind, like, Jay, this is just a stepping stone. You yeah. know, you might go home, you might feel like shit, you might be crying, you might, you know what I mean, be up mm. all night trying to put decks together for things you truly don't connect to. Mm -hmm. um, but I always just knew that, you know, this is like a small part of my life. And yeah. that sooner or later, I'll be in a position to do what I truly want to do. Well done. That is a very grown up way of looking at it. It's I don't know if I was thinking that with the, with my first job. So, <laughs> so what happened next? How long did you stay there? Oh, how long was I there? Um, I feel like I was there maybe short of a year. Right. Um, and this was the job I was telling you about. Like, this is the one. I got fired. You got um, fired. <laughs> I wasn't bringing in the results. Um, and this was kind of like, I don't know. For, um, to a certain degree, I was kind of relieved because I was like, okay, I have this in my portfolio. I'm able to move on. Um, mm. But it also was kind of hard for me. Like I was saying, you kind of have to separate yourself from, yeah. you know, the results. And that was yeah. difficult because I remember how I got fired. It was very inappropriate. It was very, it was very rude. They called, he called me on the phone when I was on set for a shoot out of state. You're um, so it's just like, so, you know, I can just leave, right? Like you really, like, why That's would you fire me? <laughs> why would you fire me over the phone? Um, <gasps> it was insanely oh. disrespectful. Um, so completely. Yeah. I ended up emailing his supervisor telling him, you know, Hey, I understand that if I'm not working, but how you delivered the news was extremely, you know, uncalled yeah. for. And I actually ended up having a meeting um, with the creative director who fired me. Um, and he even said to me during that time, he's like, you know, maybe just like art direction and, you know, this creative realm just isn't for you. And he told me that. <gasps> um, well, you can give him two fingers to that today. <laughs> I know, right? Open Illustrator and you'll see me now. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Oh, my God. I feel I feel for you. You contacted his boss mm -hmm. and what did they say? I sent an email and he was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know. It was just like very fake. And it was just like very like, oh, my wife works at this agency. If you'd like to work there, like, let us know. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't want to yeah. talk to you guys anymore at all. Um, no. But, you know, he was like, oh, it probably wasn't his intentions. Kind of just brushed it off, basically. Oh, my God. Yeah. So bad. How did you pick yourself up? Um, I feel like for a while, when I think back to that time, I was down for a while. Just like him telling me, oh, maybe this isn't for you. I, yeah. I did at the time take that very personal. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah. I allowed myself to wallow for a bit. But after that, it was like, okay, you got to get another job. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you got to find something else. And also just like reminding myself like, 
um, I'm, I'm here to do this for a reason. I really enjoy doing this and that I'm just not going to let his words discourage me. I'm going to let it fuel me. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, well done you again. I feel like your dad's really like kind of brought you up in the right way in that sense of just like being able to pick yourself up. It's, it's quite hard. Yeah, it is hard, but I just knew at the end of the day, Hey, I got to keep it moving. Yeah, I gotta, you know, keep building on top of what I already have going for me. Yeah, no, it's really good. And I do love what you said about allowing yourself to wallow for a little bit. Like, I feel like in our society, sometimes people just go, you know, we're a little bit like an Instagram quote, like, you know, we have to jump straight back up and, you know, feel okay. And I think sometimes it's really important to sort of take a bit of a step back and just go, that was really fucking shit. Yeah. And I think it's good to just have that time to digest what exactly happened. And like, for me, it was like, okay, let me really analyze like what I was doing bad and what Mm -hmm. do I need to improve on and Mm -hmm. how do I, you know, get stronger. Um, And I don't know, that's even something that I did to like my very last job. Every job I got, I kind of um, wrote down like, what do I want to gain from this position? What do I want to learn? And how am I going to get better? So, you know, I just kind of use those times where it's like, I feel like shit or I feel like, you know what, damn, I I have to try something new to like really sit down and analyze and like figure out how am I going to get better from this point on. That is very good. It's a very good piece of advice as well. So tell me about that in terms of the different jobs that you had afterwards. Was it easy to find them? Or again, did you go through the same sort of process? Um, I guess I would say it was somewhat easy this time around. Like I went through a recruiter. So, you know, they're wanting to find you a job. They're wanting to place you somewhere. Um, Mm. So in between that time, I've worked for a lot of different weird places so (laughs) (laughs) after that job I worked for like this company they made figurines and like really old like grandma like decorations it was a very odd job Um, but (laughs) they needed a graphic designer to help um, build out emails um, to like literally um, silhouette all of the product photography. Like I spent days just like cutting out random like ceramic horses and like all of these like <laughs> ugly tacky decorations. Amazing. Um, so I did that for a while. Um, but then my ne- very next job was truly amazing and they took a chance on me. Um, it was for a... Um, beauty company um they did um makeup brushes um it's called real techniques i don't know if you've ever heard of that yeah that does ring a bell yeah they have like the orange like i don't know if you watch like youtubers and beauty bloggers they have like the orange um sponge that you do your your makeup with yes um so i was hired there oddly enough as a package designer um okay yeah, and this time I was, like, very upfront with, like, my um, abilities. And, you know, she knew I've never done packaging before, um, that I only knew Adobe Illustrator a little bit. But mm. she loved my portfolio so much, and she just saw my potential, and she hired me. Um, that so, sounds like the opposite of your first boss. That sounds like a very good boss. Exactly. And that yeah. really made me feel comfortable even taking the position because I knew that she was going to give me that grace to grow um, yeah. and that she just really, truly believed in me. Mm. So tell me more about that in terms of like, so you didn't know much about Illustrator, but you just learned on the job. Yeah. So I learned as I went and sometimes it was honestly like truly terrifying. Like I would go home and I try to study all of these things and I'd be up in the middle of the night worrying about how to do certain things, not wanting to look dumb or just, I don't know. I just didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to get fired again. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that kind of drove you to sort of succeed, but when did you decide, because I assume you, you left there obviously 
Yes. So I decided to leave. It was almost, almost a year. Mm. Um, and I kind of knew I'm like, okay, like packaging is cool. Living here in this like smaller town is okay, but I've always wanted to live in New York. And I kind of had in my head, like, you know what? I'm young. If I fail, Mm. I can always come back home and live with my parents um, (laughs) because they're just so nice. And I was able to do that. Um, And I just I just knew I really wanted to work in fashion and beauty, which really wasn't isn't as crazy in Chicago as it is here. So, yeah, of course. I don't know. I just kind of had in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. Um, It sounds almost like a movie, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. (laughs) So you arrived in New York with your suitcases. (laughs) You found a place. Tell me how it all happened. Pretty much. I would say maybe a year before I moved, or maybe maybe it was even six months. It's craziness to think about this, but Mm. my dad was on a business trip. I had never been in in New York before this. My dad went on a business trip in New York and he was like, hey, um, do you want to come with me? You know, the hotel is taken care of. Like, you could just come. I know you've always dreamed of going into in New York or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. Um, So I went. I had an amazing time. I actually met my boyfriend then, which is crazy Did as well. <laughs> that is crazy. This is a movie. This is a movie. <laughs> if anyone's listening, you know, they can <laughs> turn this into a script and then we can sell it to Hollywood. <laughs> I know. I need my Netflix deal. <laughs> How did you meet your boyfriend? Um, so I we were following each other on Instagram before I had even made the trip out there. Um, I don't remember exactly how we started following each other, but he is a fashion photographer, portrait photographer, and he was working on a story to submit to a magazine. And you know how the magazines have like the text on the side with the credits and like the stories and um, name and all of that. Um, He reached out for to me to um, do the layouts for him. Um, So that's kind of how we started talking. And then when my dad um, was like, hey, we're going to New York, he was the one person that I knew who lived in New York. Um, so I reached out. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm going to be here. And we just spent the like entire, I don't know, like four days together enjoying the city. So, yeah. <laughs> that is a great movie scene. I can see it. <laughs> can we just pause on the fact that you always wanted to live in New York, but yet you'd never been to New York? It's kind crazy. Of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it was honestly, like we were saying, like just seeing um, like Sex in the City, yeah. watching all of the TV shows and being like, oh, I want to live this fabulous life too. Not realizing like, oh, like people pay thousands of dollars to live in these tiny shoebox apartments it's not as glamorous (laughs) as I always thought it would be but yeah I think just like growing up and just like seeing all the films and tv shows I was like yes that's where I need to be amazing but tell me like run through like I I, want to continue this movie like you arrived (laughs) in New York did you have an apartment did you have a job how did it all work out Oh, that was craziness. So I came out to New York before I completely moved. I want to say it was like one week. So I had one week to find an apartment. And it was like a very humbling experience because I realized, whoa, like you can literally pay so much and live in a horrible place in New York. It's not like (laughs) as nice as Chicago where it's like a little bit can get you um, a lot here. It's like, It's just craziness. So I was viewing apartments. I saw, I only saw one other one besides the apartment that I moved into. But besides that, I was trying to go to apartment um, appointments to view them. And it would get to like the last hour. And then somebody would call me, the landlord would call me and be like, hey, this one just got taken because real estate just goes so quick. Right. And of course, I was looking. in the summer, early fall time when everybody is moving. So it was just horrible timing. Um, But I ended up finding the apartment. It was huge. It was spacious. It had enough room for me to work. 
And it just kind of worked out. And by that point, you decided that you were going to do freelance work, I assume. Yes. Um, it just kind of made sense. And it's like, I think, honestly, I'm the type of person who likes to jump around quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so my first freelance job was at Macy's because my whole um, reason why I wanted to move, I was like, okay, I want to work within fashion. So that was kind of like one of the first jobs I did. Um, That's and amazing. Then, yeah. And I was an art director there. Um, How did you get that? Because that sounds like a pretty hard job to get. Um, through recruiters. Right. Um, and then I just kind of, when I, when I moved to New York, I didn't have the job. Um, I just kind of moved on faith and I was like, okay, I have a savings. I'll make it work. Um, and then wow. I would say like my second week in New York, I went and I interviewed for it and it went really well. And I just kind of clicked um, with the creative director and yeah. You've done so well. You've got nerves of steel as well to, <laughs> to be able. To... <laughs> I know I think back at it now and I'm like, how did I do that? I think honestly, I was just so naive. I just felt like I had nothing to lose. And I yeah. just didn't really see the danger in it. And sometimes that's the best way not to overthink and just absolutely go for it. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to talk because we're talking about your freelance work, which and, and commissions, I assume. And I'd love to talk about your, your creative work for anyone that's listening. Obviously I'll, I'll put some examples of your work, but I'd love to sort of hear from your, your words, how you would um, describe your art. Hmm. I would describe my art as very colorful and expressive. Um, it's really all about creating new worlds of individuality through the dynamic characters that I draw. Um, for mm -hmm. me, it's really about highlighting um, Black women, people of color, um, people who aren't represented in illustration as much. So yeah. I really just like to create images that can really empower the viewer and want them to be their best selves. That is an excellent description. And, and I'm glad I asked you that, uh, that question, because that's exactly how I see your work. Um, I think it's absolutely stunning. And one thing we must talk about, we're, we're just jumping in terms of a uh, different timeline, but uh, we have to talk about the fact that you are on the front page, if you like, of Illustrator. Yes. So when you click onto the uh, application, your work comes up. I know, it's insane. It's Honestly, insane. Yeah. Yeah, tell me more about that. Yeah, I got the email in June of this year. Um, and honestly, like, I couldn't believe it. I honestly, like, until it launched, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, it's not going to really happen. Something's going to happen. They're going to choose somebody else. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it was such a full circle moment because I remember being so terrified to use Illustrator. I remember, you know, when I was in college, just newly opening the programs and not knowing how to use them. And now I'm so comfortable. And now I'm like on the splash page when you open up the entire program, like it's craziness. No, it's absolutely crazy. And they just, they just sent you an email, obviously you must have seen your work and just ask you if, did they commission for a specific type of artwork or did you have an idea beforehand? No. So how it actually worked out was I actually, the current piece that's up there now, I designed at the very beginning of COVID. Right. Um, yeah. It was at a time where I was like, you know, everybody was like unsure we didn't really understand what was going on. This isn't when they were like, oh, it's going to be two weeks. Oh, no, it's yeah. going to be a month. Oh, it's going to be forever, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I was, like, very unsure about what was going on. But I really wanted to highlight the feeling of just remaining hopeful through uncertainty. So you'll see a woman in her um, window kind of peering out as clouds pass by. Um, and it's just kind of like representing how I was feeling at the time. Mm. Um, but That's when they sent the email, they were like, oh, like we love this image in particular. Like we'd love to use this. And it was kind of one of those situations where they're, um, I think it was an art director kind of reached out and was like, hey, I have to show this to my boss, but we're interested in this. 
So that waiting time of like, did I get it? Was like crazy. Like <laughs> I was praying like crazy, like God, please let me get this. If I get this, like this will be amazing. It'll be crazy. And then when I got the email, when they're like, yeah, like we love it. Like we want to move forward. Like I broke down and cried like a baby. Like <laughs> I, I was just so shocked and I, and I honestly couldn't truly grasp that whoa like this opportunity is happening it's mine it was just craziness I actually feel emotional just listening to you I can imagine it's like it's kind of a real again part of a movie dream come true it's um it's a pretty it's a great accolade um and testament to your great work to be able to be on that um, splash card because you know everyone who is going to be creating stuff on Illustrator will see it. So yeah, I can imagine that you must have been crying like a baby. I know, it's insane. I still can't get it through my brain now, but I'm working and on I it. Bet, <laughs> and I bet your parents must have thought, you know, yeah, she's, she's gone to definitely to the right place in terms of uh, your art. And uh, they must have been really proud of you or still are. Yeah, like I think they're they're just starting to realize what I do because honestly, like when I tell my parents, oh, I'm working on this and working on that, like they honestly have no clue what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> but I think seeing when other people kind of like are like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Like when they see other people congratulating me, they kind of realize like, oh, like this is a big deal. Um, yeah, so, it's a massive deal. Definitely. Yeah. So tell me, do you, we, we talked a little bit about commissions and then, um, but you also do your own personal work as you just described. Is that something you've always done? Is that, you know, do you sort of make yourself, you know, create a few a week? How does it work exactly? Yeah. Um, honestly, like creating my own personal work is the big reason why I get hired for so many jobs now. Like, right. The majority of the time when I get concept decks, they normally always choose all of my personal works. Um, a lot of the times they don't really gotcha. reference a lot of my branding work. But within my first year of breaking off and like completely just doing my own thing, I set a goal for myself to create two illustrations a week, two personal illustrations, and to just post it on my Instagram. And Amazing. That's how I was able to get clientele because they were able to understand my voice, my vision. Mm. And um, it was very, you know, unique and true to me. Um, so that's kind of how I started to get clients. Mm. I love what you just said about, you know, using my voice. How how do you find that process? Uh, is it always kind of a very fluid in terms of going from concept to creation? Or do you sometimes struggle with it? Can you sort of paint me a picture? I think now I have a firm grasp on like my overall creative vision. But when I first started out, um, it was just a lot of practice and just figuring out what I liked and what I disliked. Um, mm. And, you know, with every piece I would make, I would sit there and I'd analyze it. Um, um, at the very end, with not being too hard on myself, but really looking at it like, okay, what do I really like about this piece? Is it the colors? Is it how things kind of overlap and cut out? Is it the pattern? Is it the contrast? Mm. And I kind of take notes. I'm like, okay, so the next piece I do, I want to make sure it has all of these same elements. And then the mm. same thing with like my dislikes. I'm like, okay, I really don't like how she's posed. I think that needs to be stronger. I don't really like full body. I like more cropped, um, angular, mm. um, angular positions of the characters. Or you know what yeah. I mean? Just picking it apart and just um, keeping practice, keeping tabs on my likes and dislikes until I finally kind of crafted a style that anybody can recognize. Mm. That's such a good piece of advice. But what I'm curious most about is you're doing something that most people would find super scary, which is that you said you created two illustrations a week that you would post on Instagram. But obviously there is that kind of 
instant feedback that you get from Instagram, mm-hmm. um, most people would find that extremely scary and just, you know, being over maybe you can't be, I guess, too perfectionist because you've, you've got to post it. Yeah. I think what really made me keep posting and not be afraid is just like at the end of the day, people can't hire you for anything if they don't know what you can do. You have Mm. to show the full scope of your abilities, of your voice, of your, like your entire vision. So I just knew if people don't know what I can do, how am I going to get hired? How am I going to get the jobs that I truly want and that truly match with what I'm trying to do? So for me, it was just about being consistent because through anything I've done, being consistent has just yielded the most results. So I knew that posting two times a week, not being too precious about it. Um, And also, you know, Instagram is great because you do get that feedback. Um, You know, I don't go as much through likes, but even just like the feedback, the comments, people telling me, oh, your work makes me feel like this. I love your use of color. I love this. You know what I mean? It kind of helped guide me into like Mm. realizing what my strengths were. Yeah, I can imagine. So you actually turn what some people might construe as kind of difficult or, you know, just putting stuff on social and getting that instant feedback might be scary to others. For you, you used it as a way to sort of learn from it, which is great. Yeah, for sure. Because at the end of the day, you're going to get judged by what you do and what you don't do. It's just going to happen regardless. So you might as well do what you truly want to do. Yeah, completely. I know that because I still find it scary to sometimes put anything on social. So, and um, and you were saying about how you get commission is often for your personal work. Do you ever sort of have to email people these days, or do they most of the time come to you? Um, yeah, mostly everybody just comes to me. I really don't like cold email or do any of that. I just let everything happen organically. And kind of just like make sure that within the personal pieces I create, it reflects the kind of work that I want to get. Yeah. Um, so being very intentional about the work that I produce so I can get the clients that I want. That's amazing. And logistically, was there a point where you realized, hang on a minute, I, I'm getting traction here. I'm getting loads of people interested. You know, surely they must have been like, okay, I need to think about money here. I need to make sure that I protect myself in some ways, protect, I don't know if it's the right word, but, you mm-hmm. know, make sure that I get paid a, a, a good amount of money. How did that come about? And were there other people that you could reach out to to get some help? Yeah, when it came to pricing, I would say that, um, what is the name of that book? Like the book that everybody uses, it's like the Artistic Guild Handbook Pricing. And I don't know, if you look on Amazon, it'll show up. Well, we can put it in the show notes. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll leave it there and I'll tell you after. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that was definitely one of the guides that I use. And it kind of just tells you the general prices for things. So let's say if you're designing a billboard or you're making a brochure or a magazine, like it has literally every single thing. It'll give you the starting price and like the max maybe you can get for it. So that was a good overall guide. Um, But overall, also just living in New York, having a lot of friends in creative industries um, was extremely helpful. So I had friends that were producers, so they saw the budgets. So I was able Mm. to say, or even ask like, hey, like you work at Refinery29, how much are they hiring or paying this artist for that? How much is this? Oh, you've worked at Gap? How much do you guys hire for a clothing collaboration and just like being yeah. able to talk freely with people and just pick their brains. Like my friends who like worked in cool places was also a benefit. Once you start getting commissions, people will tell you like, Oh, our budget is this, our budget is that. So you kind of get to kind of collect those numbers. And of course, always yeah. ask for more if it doesn't make sense, but you kind of get to collect. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I did. Um, now I have an agent who handles all of that, but for when I started off, I was just kind of piecing things together as I went. Mm, that's very 
good advice. Just go and reach out because actually you're never that far away from someone who might know the answer to your question, but it's just important to, to just go and ask for help. Yeah. And even let's say like if you're working a full-time job and it's like in a creative space, like me, I was the biggest snooper. Like we had access to everything. So I would look through files See, okay, what is the photographer getting paid? What is the stylist for this getting paid? Mm. Um, talking to different people on different teams and just seeing like, oh, this is your budgeting for, this is your budget for marketing. You're paying the illustrator this much, you know, just talking to different people and just using your resources and being nosy. And going back to your commissions, obviously, apart from uh, working with Adobe and Illustrator, is there any other projects that you've been working on recently that you could talk about and and that is close to your heart? Oh, I would probably say this wasn't a recent project. I guess this would be last year, Um, but I got the opportunity to work with Sephora for their two-day beauty event. Um, Mm. It's called Sephoria. And basically, it's an event where there's lots of creators, so like lots of beauty gurus. There's lots of brands there with their... It's almost like a fun house. It's like a beauty fun house, almost like an art exhibit, but all around makeup. So Amazing. I got the opportunity to do the identity for the event. Um, so I got to do the logo, all the character illustrations, everything to kind of support the event and brand the style for it. So that was pretty insane. It was a really huge project. It had everything from billboards to train wraps to just environmental, experiential design. Like it was just every single thing I got to touch. So that was like a really awesome project to get. I can imagine. But how did you like stay sane? Because I can imagine that would be quite stressful. I know it was it was a really tough project. And this was before I had an agent too. So I was just managing everything. So I had to negotiate. I had to do all the work, talk back and forth. Like it was it was definitely like a headache at times. But when I went to the event and I saw everything um, in California, like it was amazing. There was no better feeling. And I'm like glad that I pushed through and I just did my best. So, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. And I have seen the work. It, it does look absolutely amazing. So I can imagine that was a very rewarding experience. Um I, I want to go back to this movie that we've been talking about, <laughs> <laughs> i.e., aka your life. Um, you you said you you met your boyfriend. You're now in New York. Do you think you know what what's next in terms of what's the next chapter to the movie? Um, for me, I really want to start focusing on building my own brand out even further. Um, Right now, I do sell art prints, but I do want to expand to products. So I'm currently working on that. Um, And by products, I mean home decor accessories and textiles. So I'm just kind of expanding my own world into other people's homes. Um, So that's what I'm working on right now. Um, That sounds extremely exciting. Yeah, like I'm super excited to do that. And it's it's kind of great for me because I, it's really important for me to have an outlet where it's not client work, where I'm not like, Mm. they're not picking at my work saying, Oh, can you move this? Can you do that? Just a, you know, a space to just create all on my own. So that's what I'm looking forward to right now. Actually, I hear that a lot from artists. It's, it's, it is really important to be able to not just, you know, it's great to have client work because obviously you get the money, but also it's lovely, you know, if the brand, there's that synergy like you had with uh, Sephora and Illustrator, for example. Um, but I can imagine how nice also it is to allow yourself to be as creative as possible and get your voice out there. Um, so, yeah, I can imagine your very bright colors in someone's home. I think that would look very nice. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so ready for it. I can't wait. <laughs> 
And because um, we're coming close to to the end of this movie, to this end of uh, of this <laughs> podcast, um, for anyone listening uh, to the podcast, uh, you know, obviously anyone sort of starting may want to start in the same sort of sphere as you. Is there any sort of advice you would give them? Um, I would definitely say to focus on yourself. Um, don't look around too much because I know that can kind of be can be motivating at times, but it could also be a little hard because you're comparing yourself and comparing yourself to what everybody else is doing. But I would say to focus on yourself, practice as much as possible, create things that you truly love, um, not things that you think will do well or that other people will like. Um, create things that are truly from your heart, from your world, from your own perspective, and to just never give up be consistent within the things that you make within the things you create and just when you're ready share it with the world wow that is extremely good advice and i love how beautifully put it is sometimes i forget your age as well <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> you're you've achieved so much and that's a really great piece of advice so thank you so so much for um doing this uh, podcast jade no thank you i'm happy to like be here and sharing my knowledge and I'm just um, happy to share anything I can and help anybody else out. On that note, thank you so much, Jade, for taking part in this podcast. Loads to learn from your amazing story. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Way Up. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Please look out for more empowering interviews in the weeks to come. Now, I have a couple of special favors to ask. Firstly, if you've enjoyed this conversation, then please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. It really helps generate exposure for the podcast and allows a wider audience to get access to these really important topics. Secondly, if you know of anyone else that would enjoy this show and benefits from the topics I cover, then do please share the podcast. Um, by sharing this with just a couple of people, it will just help spread the good message and hopefully support the women this podcast was designed to reach. Finally, if you can follow This Way Up podcast, or one word on Instagram, you'll get notified of future episodes. And the idea is that together we can build a powerful community and hopefully start to change the creative industry. That's it from me. Until next time. <laughs>